Hello, and welcome to another Sagebrush Wisdom podcast. Today, we will be talking to somebody who I feel very inspired by as I watch his videos on Instagram and YouTube. He makes a lot of videos for goose hunting and duck hunting and now uh, turkey hunting. And uh, in this podcast, we talk a lot about inspiring new hunters, whether that be age or tenure. It's really exciting to have somebody going after hunting in a positive manner and teaching people not just how to be a good duck hunter, but maybe a good waterfowler and what that means to incorporate this as a lifestyle, not just a hobby. This is really exciting to me, and I hope that you find his work inspiring as well. The only announcement that I have this week continues as the same from the last few episodes, but if you live in the Orange County or San Diego area, um, I do invite you to the Windward Westward Quail Club dinner. June 22nd at 6 p.m. If uh, you need more information on what that is, um, please visit windwardwestward.com. And again, that is June 22nd. It's a time for us to uh, share a meal together, whether that is a wild fish or wild game, and get to uh, enjoy the community of other hunters and anglers in the area. So I hope to see you there. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sagebrush Wisdom. Today I have my friend Zach Rutledge. Um, he's currently in Spokane, Washington right now. And uh, he is an avid waterfowl hunter, turkey hunter, fly fisher. Um, and most of all, he is a great storyteller through making video content and videos, um, especially most recently, he's been making a lot of really cool turkey videos for uh, Pacific Custom Calls, which have been awesome to watch kind of the joys and the struggles of turkey hunting. And, you know, basically they're working through a lot of different states, whether that's Texas or Idaho or Washington and trying to get um, turkeys this spring. So, um, Zach, can you give me a brief introduction into who you are and uh, when you started hunting? Yeah, so um, I'm currently living in Spokane, Washington. So I work for Pacific Calls and I work for Fly Lords Magazine. So that's kind of my two uh, big jobs at the moment, which is what I'm doing. Is what's that's what keeps me going. But um, yeah, I've got introduced into the waterfowl world when I was eight years old. So um, I'm a first generation hunter in my family. So luckily, one of my dad's friends offered to take me hunting, and my dad let me go. So I went waterfowl hunting for the first time when I was eight years old. And I could still tell you everything um, 
from that day, from moment to moment, from the time I woke up to the time I laid my head down, because I was as soon as <laughs> I saw my first duck land in the decoys and saw my for, first spin of snow geese, I was hooked. I was like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. So that's where it all started. I just hunting on the Ohio River in Indiana. Um, it's where I grew up. I grew up in Evansville, Indiana, but it just took me took one time as a young boy, and I was hooked. It's all I wanted to do after that. So I was in high school. And, Senior year, didn't know where I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I loved to hunt, and I knew I loved cameras. I loved making short films and telling stories and stuff like that. So right out of high school, I decided to chase my dreams, and you know, that's all I did. I was a pizza maker for three years, and that's what I did to make money. And I'm, I would just do a side hustle of uh, doing waterfowl photos and turkey photos and all this hunting content and just hoping it would catch on, and it, ca- it caught on, and now – Luckily, this is what I do for a living, so I get to live my dream of hunting and fishing pretty much every single day and chasing birds all across the country from Canada all the way down to Texas and everywhere in between. So I'm just blessed to live the life I live, and it's fun, and I love every single second of it. That's so cool. I mean, I think what's uh, so interesting about any cameraman versus uh, just a normal hunter is deciding to pull the camera out Mm -hmm. and actually film stuff versus like most of hunters. It's like, I don't even want to blink because if a bird comes dropping in, I want to see it. And, um, you know, I can tell very quickly from your content is like, you want to be filming that goose just, you know, flipping up or like doing anything you want to, you want to get the, emotion of the goose or the duck that a hunter would would see or even more like you kind of use more of like even zoomed in lenses so -hmm. that it draws like a new hunter especially in to be like i didn't know that these birds were so majestic yeah and uh it's it's been really cool to see that but uh so did you start taking videos uh just for hunting was that like your main thing like you go out and uh bring your shotgun and say hey i'm also gonna bring my camera or did you start with a different style of photography and video yeah so i got introduced to cameras at about 11 years old so my grandpa gave me a 35 millimeter film camera and i started taking pictures on that and like mm-hmm. came really interested in cameras and interested in how they worked. And then I started getting into video um, to the church I was going to. We were starting to do a lot of video production. So I volunteered there and just instantly mm-hmm. found that was video, learned all about it. And then when I was a freshman in high school, I took my camera out hunting for the first time just because I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to take hunting pictures. I haven't really because I didn't even know there was a whole world of hunting social media and stuff like that are people that mm-hmm. do that for a living. I had no idea who anyone was or that was even a thing. It was just me and my buddies. And I just wanted to take some cool pictures with my friends. And yeah, and, uh, it's like bring it into every it. other high school kid is like trying to make like skate videos or yeah. like be in a band. And you're like, I'll take photos of you guys hunting. It will be really cool. <laughs> yeah. And like at that point in time, like I hadn't seen like, nobody was trying to just be a hunting photographer or videographer mm-hmm. it's like and then now i get like thousands of dms of people being like hey i'm 14 i got a camera i want to do what you do like 
tell yeah. them how to get there. It's like, man, when I was your age, I was just taking pictures of my friends for fun and having a good time and, you know, just living in the moment because you don't get that many moments when you're that young to you really enjoy waterfowl hunting. So, so one, one very interesting thing to me about photography and videos is it's not just a 2D representation of what you see, but you are storytelling mm-hmm. and drawing people in which separates a good photographer or video maker from a bad one because you are able to have somebody else's emotions rise when they see something like good, good duck photographers. Like, I don't know how they are able to, I'll go out and take photos of birds like out in the marsh and I'm like, yeah, they're cool, but like the bird's pretty, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And then you see like good photographers and you're instantly drawn in and it's like, I want to get that printed and put it on my wall or I want to do that. But uh, what's your kind of like style or what's your hope when you're taking uh, these videos? I just... <sighs> I'm like a huge bird nerd to begin with. So just like the bird themselves is like, I don't I'm just obsessed with like, I love reading up on like college students, research projects on waterfowl, waterfowl migration, waterfowl banding projects. What, mm-hmm. what makes a bird do what, what's their diet? Why are they going to this marsh instead of this marsh or this cornfield and stuff like that? So I don't know. I'm just really interested in birds. And I think that there's like, they're just such beautiful creatures and stuff. And I love to capture them in a way that like inspires people to be closer to waterfowl hunting. Cause there's like, mm-hmm. there's like people who waterfowl hunt and then there's like true waterfowlers. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where I inspire people to like really get into waterfowl hunting deeper than just getting behind some, like sitting in a blind, calling a little bit, shooting some birds and, that but like you know really living the waterfowl lifestyle and like i'm just obsessed with it and i love getting people into hunting and a lot of times i have people comment on my videos because a lot of it's just like birds working into the decoy saying like well i've never hunted before but this makes me really want to hunt that's Mm -hmm. like big for me too because there's a lot of people that i mean if you look at the the numbers the hunting population is declining and that's one thing so that's you know I want my kids and my kids' kids at some point, like way down the road to be able to still be hunting. And if I can help do that in any way or help spread knowledge or help get someone into hunting, that's what I want to do. Cause it's just, mm-hmm. it's the roots of humanity. It's what we do. It's what humans were born to do is, is to hunt and to, you know, take advantage of the game that we have. And so if I can help someone take that step or help inspire somebody to get out there and try hunting or at least, you know, watch it or at least, you know, um, do something to be a part of waterfowling, whether that's bird watching, because bird watchers are a big part of it too, because they help mm-hmm. the same community. Like we're all in one team, you know, wanting to support conservation and doing all that. I just, whatever I can do to protect waterfowling, whether it's getting people into waterfowling and, keeping it going for years and years and years or inspiring people to do more um, or live more of a waterfowl lifestyle. It's just, that's kind of my funk. That's what I'm all Yeah. I feel like uh, it's easy to see that in your videos. It's easy to see that love for the bird, but it's also 
cool to see you inspiring that hunting lifestyle in a positive way. You know, it's not just limits and big straps and all this stuff. It's like, did you see this, you know, yeah, 2000 bird kind of just big tornado of snow geese come in like that alone rises your emotions, which I don't think people understand that unless you see it. Yeah. And um, last week I was talking to somebody about fishing for bluefin tuna um, and he was actually spearfishing them uh, down here in Southern California. But geese to me give you the same feeling um, when you see those big flocks flying around as a blue thin foamer, you know, yeah. all these fish are going after like bait balls and traveling and everything's completely wild. And you're just caught up in the middle of it, mm-hmm. watching nature happen, you know, like, yeah, you get to shoot a couple, but really like you're intermixing yourself into, like you said, a very natural place Mm -hmm. and you feel like you're you're coming alive when you're a part of that like it's the noise the sight everything of it is um it almost feels like it's not from this world because like most people just think of geese down at the pond or Mm. you know ducks down at the pond and um then you start really getting into it and i think there's something very uh, magical about it. Um, but yeah, so last year you worked down at an outfitter in Texas. Was that your first year of kind of living in that world? Or when did you start kind of fully committing to uh, waterfowl photography and videography? Um, so that was my first year in Texas. The year before that, I was working in Arkansas. So I was in Arkansas for the full season from October till March. Um, started in early spec and all, went all the way through snow goose. Then this past season, I started off in Michigan. I did, I did some work for a few outfitters last year. I did uh, some work for an outfitter in Michigan and then uh, went back to the same outfitter in Arkansas for snow goose season and then worked at um, work for two different outfitters in Lubbock, Texas. So I've done quite a bit of outfitter work in the past two years. So it was a lot of fun. And, I loved it. So, and that's all photography and videos. That's not, you're not considered a guide in a way. You're more of a guide service. Is that yeah. true or so? Okay. In Arkansas, I was an actual guide. So I love shooting snow geese. So snow geese season is kind of my time to get behind the gun. I still take my camera a lot of times, but it's, you know, I'm there to do, you know, I'm there to kill a bunch of snow geese. I love Mm -hmm. hunting. But Texas um, and Michigan, yeah, I was behind the camera. I was there um, to film, to make short films, to make social media content for um, different companies as well as the outfitter while I was there. So, so it seems like that is actually kind of a newer job and maybe I'm Mm -hmm. not seeing it. I mean, obviously there's like certain TV channels, like uh, I think it's like 
on YouTube, it's like grind waterfowl or I don't know, something like that where they make, they follow one hunter around, Mm -hmm. but you are creating content for, let's say a hunter goes and signs up for the outfitter. And then at the end of the week, they might get like a video of their hunt. Yeah. So yeah, I'll do that. But most of the stuff that I'm doing is all marketing work for the outfitter. So I see. I'm also, I do a lot of social media management for quite a few companies as well. So um, I incorporated that into the outfitter stuff. So that's what I was doing Um, in Texas. I was creating content to market the outfitter. So Mm -hmm. that's what I would do the majority of the time. And then as well as creating marketing content for companies like Browning and then Pacific Calls and stuff like that. So is that how you got involved with Pacific Calls is a... by basically saying like, hey, I run your call down here. I like it a lot. We can uh, do some work or how did how did you find uh, or how did you find yourself working for Pacific Calls? Yeah, so I came onto their pro staff in 2019, I want to say. So mm-hmm. I started doing work with them then. So, yeah, and then. So I just started, you know, creating content for them whenever I get the calls and just take pictures of them while I'm hunting and would send them up to the owner, Trevor. And then he invited me up to the call shop in Spokane last last August. And I came up here to do film a bunch of sound files for them as well as take call photos and help them update mm-hmm. the website. And we went to a trade show in Minnesota. So I went to the trade show with them. They liked everything I was doing. And then he was like, man, we'd really love, love if you would move up here and help us um, take the next step in marketing and media. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd love to make a switch over to the, the industry side of the hunting world instead of the outfitter side. So made that switch and yeah, been here for what's today been here for almost three months. So that's awesome. Uh, Pacific calls is, you know, like they're just great guys. And I feel like every waterfowl hunter that I talk to just they they love Trevor and mm-hmm. everything that you guys are doing it's really cool and I I feel like like I said I lived in Spokane for a couple months and it's always got like a f- special place in my heart so it's it's just cool to see like a brand like really going after it yeah. and um you know especially like with this new turkey stuff I mean your videos I know are going to help a lot in bringing, you know, new business mm-hmm. to come by. Cause it's not just like, Oh yeah, cool. We have a call online, like come check it out. It's like, you get to see it in the field. Like you get to live a part of the emotion in those videos. And so I just think like, it's cool to see more visibility in that brand and uh, get to follow along your guys's trips. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fun. Like the waterfowl trips, uh, we got a bunch of waterfowl trips coming up this year. The turkey tour was a lot of fun. Um, definitely a lot of learning and stuff because this is you know new new thing for me. It's a new thing for the company. So there's a lot of you know learning and stuff like that. But it's it's great to help. Um, you know, people like to see that stuff. They like to see how we use our calls out in in the field. Mm-hmm. They like to see you know how we hunt because um, everyone hunts a little bit different turkey hunting has become so controversial in every single way. I hate getting on social media and seeing nothing but turkey hunters bash each other. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. It's awful. It's, it's not good for the sport. It's not good for hunting in general. It's just, you know, makes it harder for newer people to get in because they feel like they have to listen to one person, but one person's saying this and, oh, you can't use decoys because you're not a turkey purist. Oh, if you, you can use decoys because, you know, it's just how, it's however you like to hunt. It's whatever mm-hmm. you feel like you're, you're, you're more comfortable with. Um, do it, whatever you feel like you're going to have the most fun with because that's what's important. Hunting should be fun. But yeah, that's just what we all, we all like to have fun at Pacific Calls. We all love to hunt. It's a lifestyle we live. Every single one of us is just like we're chomping at the bed to get out of the shop when hunting season's in and go hunt. We even like close down the shop on Wednesdays um, and during uh, goose season. We all go goose hunt on Wednesdays. And that's cool. Yeah, we just it's we cool all to see a company like that. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, kind of going off of that um a little bit but for you like what kind of gives you the motivation to get up and like be as active as you are i feel like um in a lot of life you know uh the more you keep going and trying (laughs) the more successful you are yeah but obviously like especially in these turkey videos like you guys are going to new places, new States, like, uh, what kind of inspires you to work so hard in doing that? Because I mean, it's hard enough normally to Turkey hunt in your backyard, let alone, you know, three States over. Yeah. I mean, I just love to hunt different areas. I love to see new places. Same with everybody else that's on the team. It's just like, I mean, we don't, I mean, hunting's not a hobby, for us it's it's like it's what how we live it's like what we mm-hmm. do it's like we live eat sleep drink breathe hunting it's just like mm-hmm. it's just our lives so we're willing to like lay down whatever we need to do to go try something new to go try to go kill a bird all the way across the country to go chase geese in six states away and you know it's just it's we're just fueled by a passion we just really love what we do we love the sport and there's nothing else we would want to be doing so that's what Mm -hmm. really just drives us and inspires us to get up and go and to get up and try because i'd much rather you know be there and then be unsuccessful than be laying in my bed and thinking man i wish i would have tried to go do that or you know it's a sacrifice i make because you know i want to do as much as i can in the life i have and there's only so much I can do in so much time. So if I have the opportunity, why not go? Yeah. Yeah. I love that, uh, mentality. It seems like if somebody were to call you and say like, Hey, you know, we're going to go down to Florida and fish for tarpon. You'd be like, I'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. I'll drive 23 hours to get there and, uh, I'll see you guys at the boat ramp at 3 AM on no sleep. Yeah. Just like, uh, (laughs) Last week, I was at the local fly shop talking to the guys. Like, yeah, supposedly there's been a hatch going on, and they're they're eating dries. And I called my boss as soon as I left the fly shop and said, "Hey, man, can I take off tomorrow? I heard the fish are biting. I gotta go. Give her a try. Mm-hmm. I gotta go." So he let me off, and I went over to Idaho and caught some fish. And so, yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's just once I once I someone like puts the bug in my ear that fish are biting or turkeys are firing off or the waterfowl hunt's getting hot it's all i can think about i'm sitting there like i gotta go do it i gotta go try i gotta go you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when did that like 
really take root of, you know, like you said, when you first went duck hunting, you were sold, but like, when did it expand to all these sports and the, I guess like the lifestyle that you're describing, like when, when did you really know like this was your lifestyle, not just a sport? Yeah. I think it's like, I don't know when, when you wake up and you're, I mean, I didn't, I don't think even halfway through my first season of, uh, guiding and working for an outfitter in Arkansas, I was like committed to the lifestyle yet. But it's just like I got to a point where I'd wake up and I'm extremely exhausted. But it's just like I just had this spirit in me that it's like I have to go do it. Like I have to go. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing that can stop me. There's nothing that's holding me back from doing it. It's just like there's just like I don't know. My love for it just grew and grew and grew the more I did it. So it's just the, yeah. the more I am, the more time I spend outdoors, the more I fall in love with nature and you know all it has camping anything outdoors related that's hunting Mm -hmm. fishing camping backpacking all these different things i'm just the more i do it the more i love it and the more time i want to spend outside and i don't know there's just a fire inside of me that just it's all i want to do it's all i think about so yeah it's so interesting because like if we are talking about football or basketball or something like it's so easy to explain to somebody else like i'm trying to be a pro athlete and go play baseball you know and they'd be like yeah i understand you're at the gym every day you're going to practice you're traveling all around the united states that makes sense but something about hunting like it doesn't feel that acceptable to say like oh the fish are biting down in uh colorado i really need to go there right now yeah people would be like what like why why would you need that and you're like no it's i cannot sleep until i go cast a fly at those fish and it's a weird feeling to uh describe to somebody but i often feel like that too where you're so triggered by trying to figure out like where the ducks are going to be and how they're going to react that day. And you're watching the weather and you're doing all this stuff. And it's, you're definitely like anxious just to see like what will happen that day. But you also are testing out like 18 different theories in your head to say like, I got these new decoys and they might work. And like, maybe I'll run this over there. And like the, the lifestyle of hunting, I think, which is so interesting, is, like you said, the more you're out in nature, the more you love it. Like, you don't get that in basketball. You don't get that in some of the other sports where, yeah, like, you could be a professional basketball player, and that's a whole lifestyle. But there's not that internal moment that you have with nature in the same way there's not that um i guess the right word for me in this podcast would be wisdom that you gain from maybe basketball as you do from hunting and and you know i think that you can learn a lot from basketball in life itself too but there's something really special in hunting that uh 
it is it does kind of consume your life yeah. once you once you commit to it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah especially like i mean waterfowl hunting such a deep deep dark hole i mean as soon as you go i mean pretty much everyone knows gone for the first time is addicted but mm-hmm. it's like i don't know i could get my teeth i mean i've went on two week spans where i get my teeth kicked in by snow geese and then turn around and shoot 142 weeks like after those two weeks it's just like this is why mm-hmm. i do it like there's just something i don't know i'm just crazy about the birds it drives me insane but it's just like i have so much respect for them that they put me on my butt so many days out of the year even though i mm-hmm. do everything and i can but you know they're wild you know i can't control them i can't get them to do what i want them to every single time but the days i can man it's just like this is why i do it and then I go through those hard days and I go through those spells where it's like the birds are getting stale. It's getting tough hunting, but Mm -hmm. you know, I look forward to those days that it's, you know, and I do a lot of learning and I learn new things about myself as a hunter. I learn new things about birds. I learn new strategies and everything. And, you know, I just, I'm always trying to learn. I'm trying to inspire myself to be a better hunter, be a better outdoorsman, be a better creative in the Mm -hmm. outdoor space and everything. So it's just, you know, I learn stuff on my high days and I learn stuff on my low days out in the field. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what drives me a lot too. Is like, cause I just love to learn. I hate my number one fear in life is like complacency being stuck in a place where I don't want to grow. And I feel like everything I'm doing is fine. And I'm like, like content, like being too content. Contentment's good. Like you, you want to be happy with what you're doing, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be in a place where you're not growing. And that's why I think I am the way I am where, I'm down for anything. I'm down to go chase whatever, whenever. So, so I'm going to learn something out of the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, that's one of the big things I push or I'm trying to push is that the more you do this, the more you learn about yourself, mm-hmm. you know, ult- ultimately. And and it's not like that's the only reason why we do it. It's just a uh, benefit and uh consequence of what we're doing like and i think you kind of mentioned that in that sense of like for thousands of years we've been hunting and as we participate in this activity we i feel like start firing into um purpose like we start finding a lot of different things about ourselves that maybe we didn't realize. Like for me, I struggle even still, but like I struggled a lot more a couple years ago with anxiety and things like that. And it's crazy how hunting kind of one helps the side of anxiousness of just being able to focus on one thing and drive after it. But two, it brings about confidence and it brings about this idea of like, no, I trust myself. I'm a stronger person mentally because of going out into the field and testing myself. And I listen to my voice a lot harder because I do this and I feel good about myself than, you know, second guessing myself or doubting myself. You know, in a weird way, if it wasn't for hunting, I don't think I would be able to do a podcast and talk to other people in a public way. Like, and so I know it's a weird windy road to get there, but I think that that's the life that you're pursuing 
mm-hmm. is this place where you're challenging yourself, you're growing. And then 50 years from now, you have a legacy that is special and it's not competitive against somebody else, but it's very, you know, you're very passionate about this and in 50 years from now, you'll be able to look back at yourself and feel proud, mm-hmm. you know, um, talking about that a little bit. Um, where do you see yourself in five years from now or 10 years from now? Yeah. So ultimately as far as a business standpoint goes, I'd like to be, um, you know, branching, um, off with Pacific calls and doing more of like a production studio, um, side. That's really what I want to do is, uh, be producing hunting content, um, not just for Pacific calls, but like, you know, have a whole crew of camera people that we're all on the same Mm -hmm. page. We're all in the same mindset. We're going out and doing these awesome projects for companies and people and going and filming all these really cool hunts all across the country all the time. And just, you know, being a media powerhouse is really where I want to take it. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping within the next three years, we're able to start really pursuing that, but five years for sure. But for personal, I just, I don't know. I have a lot of animals. I've still got to cross off my bucket list now that I'm up here (laughs) in the Northwest. I want to start getting into the big game hunting and getting into elk and mule deer and, you know, start putting in points for maybe being able to pull a sheep tag and all these different things. And, Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I've got, I want to shoot an elk for sure within the next two years is really a big goal of mine. Shoot a nice bull. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's, I saw my first elk when I moved up here and I was like, oh, I want to shoot one of those suckers so bad. But yeah. Right. And I just, I don't know. I just, I hope in five years I'm still the same way, even if I have a wife and kids that I'm still, you know, down to, down to clown all the time when it comes to hunting always Mm -hmm. trying to go try something new go try stuff outside of the country and you know i just hope i'd ever lose my passion and love for hunting which i don't think i will yeah i just you know i hope if anything gets stronger and i'm doing more crazy outrageous stuff and Mm -hmm. so so what's kind of like the difference between like old sportsman's tv and what you wish maybe to create. Cause I, I feel like what was interesting about like sportsman's TV or outdoors TV is like you watch a fishing show, you watch a pro use this little crankbait, catch a couple bass and that's the episode and you go, cool. Yeah. I guess that's fun. And then now it seems like there's like a movement, um, I have a couple friends uh, and know of a couple people like the hunt 41 videos with uh, Ben Potter mm-hmm. who they like get into the storytelling yeah. of hunting and it, and it's not a pro it's a guy who just loves what they do and they do it every day for something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's definitely, I mean, hunting story. People have been telling hunting stories for years, and I think that people are finally starting to realize that capturing those moments and capturing those things is like 
super important. And there's so many awesome creatives out there that I look up to and I'm inspired by Ben Potter being one of them. But there's just like, I don't know, there's people love hunting. Hunters love hunting stories. So I think mm-hmm. it's something that drives me personally to tell a story that people are going to want to enjoy. People are going to watch and it's going to, you know, inspire them to get up off the couch after that and go shoot a turkey, go shoot some geese and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think that there's definitely a big cinematic movement that's coming um, across people my age and stuff like that that are all out there making films. We're all out there kind of with the same goal is to make these awesome, super cool cinematic films that are like provide all aspects of hunting while still remaining awesome quality. Mm-hmm. like that way it's like almost like a movie and people are like whoa i want to do that so mm-hmm. you know and who knows i have i mean the the world of media and marketing changes on a weekly basis so there's no telling what what the name of the game is is going to be in a year yeah from now. so it, instagram it, could die off and yeah. everything just who knows yeah i mean within a year instagram has went from nothing but photos to now it's pretty much nothing but videos Mm-hmm. The video is becoming king and which is cool for my aspect because i i mean there's i can count on one hand how many days i went out just to take photos because i'm normally i'm pretty much strictly video now mm-hmm. so it's pretty it's pretty cool seeing how the, the game's changing and everything and it just keeps you on your toes as a creative because you know you don't you don't want to fall behind you always want to stay on top of the next thing and doing you know, stay, stay ahead of the trends and set yourself and pave your own way. Mm-hmm. Which is super important in this world because the hunting community is big in a way, but it's also so small. So yep. trying to do what I'm doing, you can't be copying people. You can't, you got to have your own style. You got to have your own way of doing things. You got to set your work and make it unique away from the rest of everyone else or else you're just going to get caught up in the, the rip rap that, you know, you're not going to be able to, succeed if your work looks like everyone else and you just blend in you got to stand out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's uh, quite a creative endeavor um i feel like in the hunting world with waterfowl or you know every goose basically looks the same you know for canada geese yeah it's like well that one came in a little bit different maybe you know if if you look at it from like a black and white perspective but uh, there is so much potential to find your style in that and yeah. to pursue it. And I think the more you love something, the more your style and you just do it a lot, mm-hmm. the more your style develops. But you you also have, I feel like, the a great mind for where social media is going and like that's a unique talent in itself because for a lot of people, they're just like tired of it before they even yeah. get started. They're yeah. like, I no, I don't want to talk in front of a video camera. Like I don't want to do any of that. So mm, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Um, so uh, can you speak a little bit about going after, I wrote down, you seem to chase magic moments like how with a video camera you're normally on a schedule you're normally trying to make something happen how do you compete against bad weather or you know a hunt not going the way you wanted 
and getting the content that you were hoping for. I feel like hunting obviously has high expectations, but getting video is even higher expectations because if the geese don't work, then (laughs) yeah, you're up two trees, not just one. (laughs) I mean, there's so many variables that come with what I do and like, cause I'm trying to do everything I can do behind the video camera. A, not the flare birds, not the, like to, to still like being a hunting um, videographer and photographer, you still use so many aspects of hunting. It's not like you're just there with a camera. You're, you're hunt. It's like, as if I had a gun, like I'm not moving when the birds are working. I'm like being real smart about when I move, I'm, I'm watching the birds work. I'm reading what they're going to do when they're going to do it. So I'm still applying so many aspects um, of hunting, but I mean, you know, it's, there's so many variables. You never know what the outcome is going to be. I'm going to wake up each morning and every hunt I go on is going to be different in some way, Mm -hmm. shape or form. And it's just like capturing the moments that make each hunt unique, I think is something that's super important. So that way, when people who never hunted before think it's like, oh, you just go out and kill stuff every single day. Well, yeah, sometimes. But at the same time, there's, you know, there's moments we don't come up with anything or even in the moments we are killing limits every single day, you know, we'll go on stretches where the hunting's ridiculously good and it's hot and we're able to shoot 100 lessers by in 20 minutes for a two-week period just because the hunting's so hot. There's mm-hmm. some birds around. But it's just like there's something different about each hunt every single day that make it important, that make it set apart, that tells the story of like, hey, like this isn't just the same thing on repeat. It's like, you know, we're, we're living a different experience. The birds may be like in this one day and not that the, the next day. So if there's so many variables and I think what makes a good, I mean, just like this morning, we had a Tom, a Tom come in perfectly to the decoys. I'm locked on it and my boss shoots and my camera shuts off right before he pulls the trigger on the tom Mm -hmm. and i was very angry this morning and i had to sit there and like you know i had a moment where i was just like real mad i was like i've never had this happen before like this is the shot i have to get but um it was just like after that that, it's like there's nothing i can do so why try to why try to fix something i can't i just got to roll with the punches and get the next shot and get the raw motion and get what my boss is feeling after he had the turkey down and Mm -hmm. talking about the bird and getting everything it's just making the most out of the mo- like the worst situations i think is what you know it, ha- it happens a lot as a hunting photographer because there's going to be those bad days but what story can you tell out of a bad day out of a bad hunt like what can you what's the main point that you're trying to to bring across and bring to the forefront after that so there's so many different things you know so many different variables that i can't control it's just learning to roll with the punches and learning mm-hmm. to be versatile and you know learning to hunt in bad weather, you know, keeping trash bags in your camera bag. So that way if it starts raining, you just put a trash bag over your camera and punch a little hole in it and you keep going. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that that's the weird beauty of videos and, and the almost movement of authenticity now of trying to show those days where you're like, I just watched the the Turkey video where you guys are in Texas and you're like, we walked seven miles. Mm-hmm. We heard one bird. Yeah. And that's it. You know, and you're like, I don't know. And I don't want to know how much footage you were filming and how much like memory data you had because the weird beauty of a 
videographer is you're filming all the time. So if that magic moment happens, then you're ready for it. Or somebody says something and you're like, I need to use that in the film. But most of the time, like if I just was being lazy about it, I wouldn't even be filming right now. Like, yeah, there's like 15% of the stuff that I film actually makes it to the final cut. So mm-hmm. like I take all this footage and only a little, only a little bit actually shows up, but I'd rather have everything I need and not use it than not have what I need and need it. So yeah, it's just yep. like nonstop rolling all the time. You got to have plenty of SD cards on you. Yeah. It's, it's ready for anything, mm-hmm. extra batteries, all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's cool. I think, videos um these like long format videos are my favorite thing to learn because i feel like you learn things between the lines you know it's like you'll see somebody use a decoy a certain way or you'll hear them talk about the wind or this or that and you're picking up information, but you're not necessarily just learning like the eight tips on how to get your duck to decoy, yeah. you know? So we'll see. I, I feel, I feel kind of bad. My dog's been having a tough day, so I might have to call this pretty quick. Oh, um, <laughs> you're good. I've got a puppy and she's always causing trouble. So, right. Right. So. Um, but, uh, Zach, I can, like I said, not that I have any real talent in photography or, videos but i feel like your talent is and your style really does show through a lot which i feel like is really unique and i'm just really excited um to see where you do end up in five years from now because i think uh what you've already been able to do and your passion for getting people outside and just living the life that you live is uh gonna go really far and it's it's cool to like have somebody in this space that is so positive and so passionate about what kind of what the end goal would be and i think for you that's to get more people hunting Mm -hmm. and more people to love waterfowling and turkey hunting not just to go do it but to really love it through and through which you know i think always makes us better hunters Mm -hmm. um can you really quickly kind of just give a brief picture of where we can see uh your work whether that's on youtube or uh instagram or even pacific calls and all that stuff so um a lot of my stuff ends up on my Instagram, which is Zach.Relage underscore. So I post a mix of reels and stills and stuff like that that I capture um, throughout the year, um, throughout all my adventures and stuff like that. And, you know, keep up to date with all my daily life stuff on my Instagram story. And then a lot of my big work is going to be coming out on Pacific Calls um, from here on out. So we got Instagram, which is just Pacific Calls, and we have YouTube, which is Pacific Calls. And so a lot of my big films and stuff like that, they're going to be coming out um, this wa- coming waterfowl season. It's, it's all going to be there. So if, if you want to cool. follow along the journey, that's where it's going to be. 
Dude, that's awesome. We wish you the best of luck uh, in the last couple days of turkey hunting up there. We hope you get a little bit of sleep (laughs) before that uh, comes to a close. And um, we wish you the best of luck through the summer and into waterfowling. It's not that far away. (laughs) Nope. Counting down the days. So Seriously. Well, Zach, it's been a real pleasure. And uh, thank you so much uh, for sitting down and chatting with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me.